0: Podcasts. The contents and views expressed by individuals in this podcast are not necessarily those of the companies for which they work. Due to the coronavirus lockdown, the CIM podcast is currently being recorded via web conferencing. We apologise for any issues with the audio.
1: Hi everyone and welcome to the first CIM podcast of the new season. The leaves are starting just a little bit to turn brown. We've had a very interesting up-and-down summer, very hot sometimes, sometimes wet. It's been a while since we've been on one of these podcasts. And over the summer, people have been getting used to going out and about a little bit more uh, than they were before uh, the summer break. So today we're joined by a regular, Mr. James Farmer, who's done many of these podcasts and is a familiar voice on the show. And we have a very special guest today, Sarah Lee Boone, who is Director of People at CIM. At Moore Hall, or recently, Remote Moore Hall. And she is in charge of managing and devising the policies for the return to the office at CIM. HQ in Cook and Berkshire. Sarah, welcome to you.
2: Hello. James, hi, how's your summer been? Hi, yeah, really good, thank you. Surprisingly good. Why, why are you surprised? Well, I wasn't quite sure how two adults, two working adults with a four-year-old would, would work, um, uh, but actually it's been surprisingly, surprisingly sort of beneficial in bonding um, with with my child, daughter, and um, also bonding with my wife, which I should have done that long ago, bearing in mind that we've been together <laughs> in 20 years. But I think it's sort of, you know, it's uh, it's enabled us to spend more time with each other than we possibly ever have done in, in, a, in a short space of time. And, and actually, we're, we're still married, so bonus. How's you, lockdown been for you, Sarah? You're, you don't have any young
1: children and you've-
0: I don't,
1: no. You've got a bit, bit, of, bit of space there to play with, but other than that, how's it been?
0: yeah it's been interesting i think um i've i've sort of enjoyed it i think really it's for me the big thing is it's been a real opportunity to reset and i think for a lot of people it's been an opportunity to reset our lives our lives felt a little bit before like they were out of our control a bit, and we were driven by um, a commute or by the need to be seen in the office at a certain time and do things at a certain time. Um, And I think it's almost a once in a lifetime opportunity to say, well, let's test that, let's challenge that, and let's do it differently. Um, And everyone was in the same position. So it couldn't be um, something that, you know, one person was able to do and another wasn't. It was something we all had the opportunity to do. And um, I can now confidently perform a shoulder stand, which I couldn't do before lockdown. Um, I can run 5k, which I couldn't do before lockdown. Um, And I think there have been a lot of really challenging difficult things about it but i think we've got to take some of the good stuff from it and say that there are positives it
1: just seem to have removed almost overnight is any stigma so there was there was a stigma in some industries and/or in some companies to the idea of remote working and that stigma meant that it was never properly tested this has forced people to test it And they have found in many, many cases that it works for them. But it does now beg the question that if it works so well, why would we bother with officers
2: at all?
0: I feel that if you encourage people to work at home all all the time, that's not necessarily a really good way of looking at it. And I think one of the biggest problems that we have in this whole situation is um, we tend to still be talking about it in an all or nothing. You know, it's all working from home or all in the office, not a blended approach. And I think the most successful organisations are those that will have the approach coming out of this, that we can blend that, that you think about being in the office when you need to, because there are definitely things that are better carried out and performed in an office. I've worked really well at home and it's taught me an awful lot about what I can and can't achieve working remotely. Um, But I think that also it has taught me that I need to be in an office environment sometimes as well to be able to get that energy and that, um, I don't know if creativity describes it well enough but maybe it's creativity but i don't think it's just that i think it's more of an energy and an engagement with the organization that you're working with
1: it's social mean, that's interesting isn't it because you're actually front and center of, of devising the policy the package if you like for the future more hall and it sounds to me i don't know how much you're allowed to reveal about your plans on this show but it sounds to me that you are going to be looking at something that isn't binary uh, that is a blended approach can you reveal a little bit about what you're thinking of doing?
0: Oh, the big reveal. What an opportunity. Um, I'm sorry to disappoint everybody, but I haven't got a big reveal. But I think, you know, I can be very open about the fact. And I think one of the key things to the success of our remote working um, during lockdown has been our level of communication with our people. Um, I think that we've encouraged very open, very honest discussions. And um, I think the plans are that um, despite you... Giving me all of this power, um, I work very much alongside um, my colleagues and managers and allow them the flexibility to decide what works best for their team. So, I have, James and I haven't directly spoken about what he's going to do with his team because ultimately Mm -hmm. it's for him to decide. And it's really about having that good open discussion and trying to come to something that's agreeable um, to everybody. You know
1: nirvana. nirvana. I mean well that's it I mean sometimes James the the, the, the home working policies when they were tried to be instigated in certain companies was was very fragile in that uh, they they came up against their first challenge such as well not everybody can work from home, therefore nobody should work from home was a, was one that I I've heard a number of times. Um, Another another one was, well, this hasn't worked on this day when somebody's been working from home. We've not been able to get hold of them or whatever. Therefore, nobody can work from home. I I think what this has changed is that we've realised that there are ways of overcoming those challenges. And it's not as fragile, is it, as it was
2: before? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, as we've touched on as well, trust was a massive issue historically. Um, and I think everyone has proven themselves. But I think it's going to be a, a balance between having the right mix of people in the office at the right time to really yeah. sort of ensure that um, it, it's, it's a worthwhile exercise and that actually the benefits of being in the office are, are very much felt to both individuals, but also the business, most importantly. We, we ran a poll on Instagram stories recently yeah. um, asking asking our followers how they feel about returning to the office. Um, 45% said I'm ready, but 55% said I'm not sure. Now, the reasons obviously behind that uncertainty um, could could be sort of, you know, uh, manyfold, but I think generally what we're seeing and what Sarah is certainly seeing across our HR network is that, you know, social distancing, childcare, um, the commuting elements um, are all playing into that sort of uncertainty. Also, obviously, the second spike possibility. Um, but I think, you know, if if, if if nothing else, I think people are questioning. Well, I've proved that I can do my job from my from my bedroom, from my living room. Why do I need to go back into the office? Well, I think well, that does miss. I think that does miss the point to a degree, though, because I am a firm believer of the the positive benefits of of face to face interactions, particularly in the marketing yes. environment, whereby um, yeah, sort of culture, community, and communication really. Is, is, is amplified um, in, in face-to-face uh, interactions and, and it's, you know, Zoom, team, conversations, all these sorts of interactions that we've been set, become so used to, they're so formulaic. You have two minutes of sort of chatty pleasantries at the beginning of the call and yeah. then, you sort of almost literally draw a line under it and say, right, onto the agenda that we're here to discuss. And it just lacks that sort of conversational spontaneity, whether that's just cross desk or water callers. And that's where relationships are built, team cultures are sort of strengthened. and It's a real fertile ground for idea sharing. But but most importantly for me, planning as well. I think the nature of the world in which we live at the moment is driven a very short-term view on everything. Yeah um primarily well, because of this you know the, the the shifting sands of covid and, and and the situational change that that is has brought but also now as businesses are reopening it's that short term focus on 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 sales activations yeah and i think returning to the offices will will enable a healthier balance between a short term focus and a more medium to long term one long yeah. long term less so you know medium term and it is it is important because it, sh- it shouldn't just be about the here and now, you know, particularly from a brand perspective, you need to be looking sort of further onto the horizon. It becomes
1: less task-based. I mean, the, the thing is, it becomes very task-based if you're ticking things off and you're using a meeting to go through an agenda. And of course, when we had proper meetings, we always used to moan that people didn't stick to the agenda. Um, but actually, uh, there is an element of getting together, which is social. And maybe a word this word social is something we didn't necessarily always connect with the workplace. But the simple truth is, it is a social space, the workplace. And the areas where people have struggled with this setup is that those informal interactions, the human interactions with, between individuals, which are better done in person. You know, if you actually take yourself out of the workplace and look at how you had to socialize in March and April before we were allowed to go to the pub, we are allowed to go out. The only thing that people could do was, was have Zoom meetings. And now a lot of my friends, probably I suspect a lot of everybody's friends, talk about Zoom doom, that they can't face another Friday night in front of Zoom uh, with a bottle of wine in front of them, because it, it just, it lost its allure very, very quickly. And as soon as people got the opportunity, to go out and meet in person. They very quickly took that opportunity to, to go out and meet in person.
0: No, we're very social creatures. And I think, you know, the, the point about the building the culture and working um, strategically, I don't know about anyone else, but I have found it a little bit more challenging to think strategically from my home office. Yes. I think to, to feel that whole bigger picture, you're part of something bigger, I need to be in my office. And as a a senior leadership team of CIM, we've been doing some work on organisational development and planning. And at one point, we just agreed that we couldn't really achieve what we were hoping to achieve unless we met in person, because Mm -hmm. we needed to be able to be in a room together. And even though it was socially distanced, you know, socially distancedly put post-its on a whiteboard and move things around and actually get that energy from each other um, and just have that that feeling of belonging and I think it is really key in building um, a culture and I I do wonder how these organizations that have decided they're not going to have an office at all and that they're going to go completely to home working I wonder you know looking one to two years ahead what effect that's going to have on their culture um, and, and what sort of culture they're going to have coming out of this. And are they going to be then in a couple of years time saying, do you know what, we're going to return to having some presence in the offices because we feel that we haven't got that strong culture and that strong um brand, I suppose, you know, you think about the brand from an employee's perspective. To us, that's really important at CIM. Um, and so it's a really sort of a really key point of passion for people um, and pride. And I uh, I think it would be more difficult to do that.
2: We've mm. had a
0: lot of success with um, online, you know, Zoom coffee mornings and things like that. But, you know, there's a lot to be said for being able to get everyone together. The areas where that unprompted and sometimes more creative interaction happens.
1: Yeah, it's quicker sometimes, James, isn't it? It's quicker and better to be in person. And the fact that 45% of people, even in this early stage uh, of our respondents, say they're ready to go back into the office some days a week, tells me
2: that there must be people recognising that. Absolutely, I think, to Sarah's point, we are social animals. uh, And I think marketers specifically, zooming in on them, you know, they are generally empathetic, you know, they, they, they're they good at getting un, into the shoes of others and, and actually I think therefore they like that uh, physical reaction to, to, to sort of conversations and, and ideas and suggestions. I think it's very easy when you're trying to sort of do any sort of strategy work on your own um, to be quite blinkered and, and to, you know, to not have that Diversity of thought, which naturally occurs in a in a room, um, can be quite can be quite limiting. I also do think that that a you know a remote workforce I would I would wager is 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 a less loyal workforce. Yeah. I, you know I think without having those roots and having you know a base and actually the interactions at a social level with your colleagues, particularly pertinent for the agency world um, where you almost rely as a crutch on your social interactions with colleagues to get you through the ridiculously long hours that you generally yeah. tend to work. Um, but I think um, you know that that lack of loyalty um, could lead you know c- could lead to some serious sort of staff retention challenges going forward in the future for businesses. Yeah, I mean the agency the agency example is
1: a is a great one, isn't it? You you're used to agency life, James. I'm used to agency life myself. And it was generally a mainly office-based sector in big cities. So the the social scene, the after-work social scene, was a very, very big part of agency life. Uh, Agencies are heavily concentrated in central London and uh, central Manchester uh, and places like that. Uh, And it's hard to see that entire sector suddenly becoming a sort of four days uh, a week, Remote working uh, sector because the culture shift would be absolutely
2: massive. Yeah, I, th- I think it would remove an integral part of what it of of, of what it what the appeal is of working in an agency. Um, yeah. I, I, it'll be really interesting to see. My, my wife is still um, works in the agency agency side um, for a WPP agency, um, right. and it's it's really interesting to see how pitching is another huge element of, of agency life obviously and it's been really interesting to see from the sidelines but almost sort of on the inside an inside view of how that sort of pitch process is manifesting itself in a, in a virtual environment versus you know the, the the hours spent um in a room blasting through barriers and coming up with solutions etc which is part and parcel of, uh, of of pitching life agency side and it is going to be interesting i think um you know the the, the office space that inherently goes with in a city or big city agency um, uh, agencies is 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 something which at this current time when clients' budgets are sort of being pinched is something that agencies could well do without. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how that does play out. Nevertheless, though, let, let, let's
1: say we get to a position where the economy picks up and those and there, those, those those pressures on. Uh, budgets aren't such that they may take an easy way out of cutting their office space down uh, if not to nothing down to the bare minimum let, let, let's let's be optimistic and say there is a, there is an uptick what will linger from this experience is this idea that some tasks in marketing are better done in solitude and some are done uh, are better done in person I mean you know it, it, I, I suspect very few people would say if you're doing a piece of statistical analysis, you want to be surrounded uh, by 50 people being interrupted every three minutes. If you're writing a report, you probably want to do that uh, on your uh, own in your shed or your bedroom or whatever, whatever. but you certainly don't want to be pr- surrounded by people. If you have a series of private calls to make in any given day with clients or suppliers, you, you probably don't want to be doing that from a bank of desks, ideally. Yeah. But then there are a whole bunch of other things that you would want to be doing in, in, in person with people collaboratively. We've discussed some of them earlier. How do you manage a non-binary future where, where it's not, as you said at the top of the show, Sarah, all or nothing. It's not all in the office or all at home. It's a, it's a mixed existence. It's a blended existence. How do you manage that? How do you manage the logistics? So when you go into the office to do the collaboration, you're not the only person there.
0: And that's a really tricky one. Um, I think that it's, I don't think we actually know how that's going to work out yet. I think that, that we're going to get it wrong a few times and then learn from that. But before lockdown, I, I did work from home um, a couple of days a week. Yeah. Um, and so what I found myself doing was planning what I was going to do on certain days of the week. Yeah. and. Making sure that I'd got sort of maybe a week or two weeks ahead planned so that I was in the office when other people were, so that I could meet and do those things that I needed to do, um, or maybe that I needed different sorts of tech for, um, and then save other things for the times when I was working at home and had a different environment to work in. So I think individuals really need to step up and take responsibility for prioritising and planning their own workload. Don't expect your manager to be leading you on this. If you want the opportunity to make blended, flexible working really work, then step up. Take the responsibility of saying... This is how I'm going to plan it. This is what I'm going to do. The days of, of perhaps everything being manager-led, hopefully, are a little bit behind us. And people have had to take a lot more responsibility for their own motivation, um, their own pro- productivity, and their own workloads. And I really hope that that sticks. My, my biggest fear is that we just bounce back to how things were before and all of the bad stuff that was part of that you know, comes back. And I really hope we don't, because we've had an opportunity to really learn and do things differently. Um, and, you know, I, d- I just think that it is very much about taking taking responsibility and, and taking control of your workload.
1: It's interesting, isn't it? One of the things that sort of gaining a bit of sort of um, uh, gaining a bit of momentum is an idea of a sort of five day fortnight office work from home split where well, you might you might end up with a situation, I mean, each company would different the days it chooses, but typically, you might end up with a situation where people group uh, in the office on a Wednesday and a Thursday, and there's a social element to that as well in the evenings, perhaps on the Thursday or the Wednesday, Uh, and they'll, you know, they might come in to the office every other Tuesday, and the other times, the Mondays and the Fridays, they'll they'll be working at home. Every office is different but do you think that
2: something like that is where we're most likely to end up James I think I think when people start asking for Mondays and Fridays as being their work from home days I think trust might come back onto the agenda I think the intentions of of behind those those requests could start then
0: being questioned I I I think that's exactly right I think if you're going to go as an individual to your line manager and be very insistent about working from home on a Monday and Friday and not really wanting to engage in any sort of flexibility on that you might want to reflect on what that says about your approach to your career Um, because ultimately working from home and being flexible isn't about you saying actually on Fridays I like to get up and not get dressed I want to have a bit of a lay-in and like to be able to finish work early so I can get down the pub with my mates that's unfortunately not what flexibility is going to mean to employers and therefore you know think about what is really going to work in terms of you showing that you can do a great job and work flexibly because that's the challenge and as as we get more um, you know, down the line in terms of us removing those barriers of things like social distancing, there is a chance that we'll start to return more people to the workplace. And this whole thinking around you have to be in the office to do your job may creep back in. But if you've put some really good plans in place while you've got the opportunity to do so and you can prove they work, then that's going to stand us all in really good stead when the world shifts again.
1: The problem you're going to find is that people are going to go to the office on a a Tuesday or a Wednesday, whenever it may be, or a Monday, and and they're going to get there and for three or four hours of that day start thinking, I could just sort of be doing this bit
2: at home. Exactly. And that's why it's important that you need to to plan ahead and make sure that you optimise your time so that it, it, you know, you... You clump your meetings together, so that yes. you know the type of meetings you have. I should say, so that you know you do the the bits that work best when you are in a collaborative environment. There's so much stuff you can do at home, you know, mm. absolutely. And and you get that you know focused if you don't have a four-year-old running around saying, "Daddy, can you wipe the bottom," you know. But generally, you know, those sorts of administerial type stuff, all your calls are great. But actually, coming in, coming into an office and Putting your roots down, you know. Um, I think that there's so much to be spoken for that. It, it just really takes is. a lot more thinking about, doesn't it, Sarah? That you'll you've got to make
1: it. You've got to get to that horses for courses situation. Otherwise, it just becomes massively de- demotivating in both ways. Yeah. The opposite is true. If you're if you're sat at home on a uh, on a on a on a Monday and, and you've got four, then got four hours of teams meetings, you might have thought, well, I would be better off doing this in the office than yeah. than sat here. It's going to take a lot more thinking about, isn't it?
0: It is. And it's not, you know, we we tend to just want to say this is the solution and we're going to do it and that's it. Um, And I I hope that this time has taught us that that just isn't the way and that sometimes we'll do something, it doesn't work, and we say um, we'll take a bit of a U-turn. And I think that's a big lesson for HR people because we love to have a policy and a process, so I don't believe in that. I just believe very much in about you know if James says to me he wants to do things in a certain way as long as it's legal and it's not going to re- damage our employee brand and a couple of times I tell you what he's pushed it a bit but <laughs> but you know as long as it's not gonna yeah you know, why should he have to do the same things with his team that yeah. people in our conference center have to do yeah. because they're different people they're different different yeah. clients to us we treat them as different sets of clients and they have a very different need and I think one of the things that's really worked well for us during lockdown is as an HR team a while ago as I said we started sort of segmenting our people into different groups for communications and for you know how we deal with them and what have you and that's helped us a lot because we've been able to target our internal comms to those groups but I don't think that's the way a lot of HR people think we do have to think like that and we do have to be willing to say well we tried that and it didn't work and that's going to be hard for a lot of HR and health and safety people.
1: It's interesting that you sort of you, you demurred from, you almost rejected my five day fortnight gambit because you, you, you thought even that was too rigid because it's going to be different for each team.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I have to say in some of our areas, that's what we've done, but right. that works in our call centre. That works there. But if I said to James, right, that's worked in customer experience. So what I want you to do is take what they've done and use it in your team because it's going to work for you as well, whether you like it or not. That would just be such a poor approach. Um, yeah. and, and this is, I think, the big challenge for workplaces is going to be this whole fair thing. And, you know, what you were saying about um, the approach before of if people, if, if, you, if I can't work from home, no one can. Or if they can't work from home, no one can. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, that is all out of the window now, because if a role is suitable to work from home and it's working and it can work from home and it works for everybody, then do it. But that doesn't mean that that's the same for everyone. And in CIM, we've got that a lot. We have groups of people who cannot work from home. End of. There's yeah. no discussion about that at all. They cannot work from home. You cannot operate a hospitality business remotely. No, it's not going to work. Well, um,
1: work from home. Your barman can't work from Exactly.
0: Home, can't? You know, they'd yeah. love to, but <laughs> yeah. ultimately that can't happen. And you've got to be brave enough to say, sorry, guys, but yeah. that's it. But
1: just on that point, it always struck me as a really odd way to approach it, saying, this person can't do that, therefore no one can. It, it was a nonsense argument, a nonsense argument. Exactly.
0: And I think it's it's going to challenge those sort of attitudes. And I think that's a really good thing, because whilst I am all up for fairness and equality, we have gone to the the extreme that means that we actually just completely stifle our business by saying everything's got to be the same for everybody, because that way it's fair. And that is just a lazy approach, really. You know, you can make things... You can easily justify the case to somebody as to why they can't work from home in the same way that you can justify why someone can. And if you as a business are really sure about what you're doing and why and you've got good leadership, then that's fine. You don't need to take it any further than that, as long as you're not discriminating and being unreasonable. Then you know, I think it's about being brave. But a lot of organisations won't.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is there are loads of examples, aren't there? You know, some jobs command lots get lots of travel a year. Um, uh, you know, and go get to go to uh, glamorous uh, places four or five times a year. And, and and some jobs in the same company don't. You wouldn't you wouldn't try to unify that. You wouldn't try to say that just because uh, uh, one person gets to go to five great cities a year. Uh, as part of her job that everybody in the company also has to go to five great cities part of their job similarly you wouldn't say that just because some people can start and finish at exactly the same time each day because that's the nature of their job that everybody should be able to just drop tools at half past five exactly regardless of what's going on that's simply not workable as part and part of a business so we shouldn't apply that thinking to working from
2: home you know we we go forward to work rather than back to work. Um, I think it's a, it is a real opportunity that is, is one that particularly the marketing industry can definitely benefit from. Sarah, James, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. thank you.
0: If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the CIM Marketing Podcast on your platform of choice. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and review. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can also join the conversation on Twitter at CIM underscore exchange where we'll keep you updated about the latest episodes. See you next time. CIM Podcast.